0: Patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more.
1: Welcome to
0: Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. Heather, we've got yet another guest in the Zoom podcast studio. Who's with us and what are we talking about?
1: Well, this is a special guest. Um, Her name is Chloe Schmidt and she uh, lives in my hometown in Traverse City, Michigan. And I think, Chloe, you have the honor of being the youngest guest ever on this podcast. Would you like to say hello and tell people how old you are? Hi,
2: I'm Chloe, and I am 13, so. Yeah,
1: and Chloe, the reason we wanted to have you on the show is because When we talked a little while ago, your mom said, Chloe loves your books and she's read them. I don't know if you read them cover to cover, but apparently um, some kids pull my books off the bookshelves and wonder why I named them those funny titles, like it's okay not to share and things like that. But you did more than that. You actually read them and made your dad read them. Is that what I understand? Can you tell us a little bit about why you even picked up these books that are kind of written for parents, and yet you found them interesting?
2: Well, um, I made my dad read parts of them. So I suppose the reason I started reading the It's Okay books is because I am an avid reader, and like at about like age ten or eleven, I started getting really bored and just running out of titles. So I would go around the house and pick up like random books like, um, oh gosh, i read this one called Odd Jobs. Very boring. Anyway, (laughs) the point is, uh, I actually, It's Okay was not the first parenting book I read. Um, I started with one called The Well-Behaved Child, which honestly was a little bit traumatizing it was pretty scary um <laughs> i'm <laughs> i'm really glad my parents didn't follow their philosophies but um it's okay it was really refreshing um and the anecdotes especially for a 10 year old were really entertaining more so than the usual just like the psychology behind it so uh yeah i suppose that's what attracted to me them me to them in the first place
0: Chloe, this is a hard-hitting kind of podcast. I got to ask, did you end up being a well-behaved child, even though your parents didn't follow through on that book?
2: I don't know, somewhat. Although, if they had followed through, um, <laughs> I think I might be more of a traumatized child than a well-behaved one.
1: <laughs> now, can you tell people, are you the only child in your family, or are there other kids in the household?
2: I am not. I actually have two twin brothers, one of which is certainly not a table saw, Um <laughs> Uh, Owen and Thomas they are 11 now fifth grade so yeah they are here they do not read the parenting books <laughs> that is a me thing. so
1: when you first picked up the it's okay books you were about 10 or 11 and you had these two younger brothers were you actually sort of looking at were they giving you any insight because you lived with two younger siblings as you were looking at the book or did they not really come to your mind
2: I mean they did somewhat I usually sometimes picked up on their behaviors and sort of saw like oh I guess the they do this like there was one where like they were talking about how kids don't really get enough attention so then they'll sort of like lash out or they don't know what you said um actually that kids don't really know how to make friends yet so they're sort of like trying things to see if they work like they might shove a kid and be like yeah that's how you make friends. So I did sort of see that in the brothers when they were trying to, uh, you know, connect with other humans.
1: Mm-hmm. So it gave you a little uh, possible insight into into how the brothers' minds work. Mm-hmm. What um what parts did you think your dad ought to read?
2: Well, um, for a while my dad was kind of an angry person, and so you know your philosophy is pretty chill overall. I think. Um, (laughs) which was nice. Um, I guess what really helped him was when he quit his job and like chilled for six months. But like, um, I really wanted him to go over the parts about trying to understand and like having conversations with your kid and also like less of saying, no, don't do this and more. How about this instead? Or let's try to do this or you can do that, but let's make it safer. Or something like that, you know, instead of just saying no right away.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so from your point of view, were you interested in doing some some things that your parents thought that they should say no to all the time? Were you frustrated that some of your ideas weren't feeling welcomed?
2: Well, actually not particularly. I was a pretty good kid. I was pretty chill, uh, hence the books. All I really did was read. Uh, I didn't really go on my devices a lot but I guess I was really frustrated when they told me like I couldn't nap or do other things (laughs) but they were pretty small things so I guess that was one piece that I was more concerned for my little brothers Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and um, I also felt like dad was just kind of angry and saying like no a lot like that was his first instinct so like if I was like let's go on a hike Not that I've ever said that. But if I did say that, (laughs) he might be like, no. But then instead, he could have said like, "Uh, well, I'm not really in the mood for a hike, but you can go on a walk instead, if you'd like, or something like that.
1: So trying to find the way to, yes, you know, my mother who taught at um, School for Young Children, which is a preschool in Ohio that all these ideas came from, she's always telling uh, new parents and new teachers try to find a way to say yes. Maybe you can't say yes right now, but maybe you could say, yes, that's a great idea, but we can do that um, after lunch or something like that. So instead of always going to know, because I think a lot of times adults are feeling as if the, the woes of the world are on their heads. And so if somebody, somebody like a, a child says, let's do this, their instant reaction is no, just because as you say, there's a lot of stress and uh, maybe not enough chill
2: Yeah, that was another thing. Um, I really liked the bit that actually I did implement where you suggested writing things down and like saving them until later. I did use that. Um, Like mom would be like, well, you can't decorate a cake today, but we can do it tomorrow. And she'd say that, but a lot of the time she wouldn't follow through. So I started like making her write it down. And then we would both sign it and I'd keep it with me. And then I'd be like, let's go to the park. And she'd be like, well, I, I don't know. And I'd be like, you
1: promised. So you, you had the, the mom sign the contract. Yep. Yeah.
0: See, this is why we shouldn't teach children how to read.
1: I know it's dangerous, isn't yeah. it? I mean, yeah. Chloe, these books were meant for adult readers about how to you know help their kids um, in daily life, and yet you were infiltrating the grown up world and reading all that stuff. I think it's wonderful.
0: Should be some sort of child protective spy. cap on them. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you were a spy. Um, <laughs> I've always felt that kids should be able to read whatever interests them. Um, and if it doesn't interest you, then it. You, You shouldn't have to read much of it, but if something interests you, go for it. Um, All the books on our shelves are open to whoever wants to read them. And sometimes I would, I grew up that way too. And I wasn't always interested in the books on my parents' shelves, but sometimes I'd pull one out that really wasn't meant for kids. And I found parts of it quite fascinating.
2: Yeah. We have that mostly that rule, too, although there are some pretty graphic Civil War books that are up on the top shelf that my dad won't let my little brothers read. But I'd say that's more for like logical and non-traumatizing reasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So um, are there some parts of the book that you felt really um, from a kid perspective that they made sense to you? And are there are some parts that you felt, you know what, I don't agree with this.
2: Okay. So, good question. Um I really liked the bit where they said, where you said um that we aren't all going to be friends. Um I felt that really related to me because uh when I was smaller, my parents would always invite their friends over, right? And that's fine, but the thing is their friends all had kids and their kids You know, I mean, they were fine, but like you said, we just can't be friends with everyone. That sort of defeats the whole purpose of friends. And it's okay to be polite, but having to spend like long hours with them and they're like, oh yeah, why don't you call up your friend X? I'd be like, they're not really my friend. So, you know, and I think it was kind of hard for my mom to move away from that. Like, you know, when I was a toddler, she'd kind of like pick out friends for me from the neighborhood that were most convenient. But as I got older, I was like, you know, these people are sweet, but they're just not who I really want to be spending my time with.
1: You know, what's amazing, Chloe, is that you can articulate that so well. And when you say it, it doesn't sound scary. When I talk to teachers and parents at workshops to try to get them to accept this idea, they put up all their defenses. They're very, very scared of that idea. And I think it's because people are worried about hurting someone's feelings or maybe that you're not being kind. And as you say, you can still be sweet with someone or polite to them, but not having to force that friendship because um, I hear so many adults who talk to kids just because they're short, they have to all be friends. And that cheapens the word. And as you say, you should be able to pick your own friends and 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 value the, that deep friendship. But this is a really tough topic for most grownups.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember it took a while to get away from that. As you know, <laughs> dinner parties. <laughs> it really felt like out of convenience.
1: Yeah. And there's, of course, always an element of convenience in family life as well. So we all have to put up with some conveniences. I know. That's
2: why, you know, the acceptance of you can be polite and you can chill with people. But, you know, like maybe watch a movie instead of playing a five hour board game might be better.
1: <laughs> all right. Do you hear all that? All you podcast listeners, uh, s- see if you can check out a movie when when f-
0: our board game. Yeah.
1: <laughs> look
2: sometimes the dinner parties took a really long time and monopoly never brings people together
1: (laughs) (laughs) no that is absolutely true so the friend part resonated with you was there another part that that really resonated or do you want to move on to the parts where you disagreed
2: um well i think we should just move on i know there were other parts but i can't think of any at the moment (sighs) So I guess one thing I sort of disagreed with was in your second book you had kind of like it's always your job for the homework policy and um, that was a little bit hard for me because I have like this ADD thing where it's really hard for me to focus on things and so without someone sort of egging me on and reminding me to do these things it's really hard for me to remember them.
1: Mm hmm. And so, so, yeah. so you found it was very helpful to have an ally in the family mm-hmm. who would help structure your time and, and tell you now's the time to do this.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I and don't know it, what would have happened without it. <laughs>
1: Well, and every family is different and every kid is different. So I think that um, when people read my books, I want them to take these ideas and stir them around in their brains. But I also want them to pick what works best for them. So it sounds like you've already figured that out with the help of your parents. Um, Did you actually have quite a bit of homework when you were in elementary school? so
2: yes actually in your second book which i only read super recently when i figured out you had a second one but um in your second book when you were talking about the homework thing so i found that in elementary school particularly fourth and fifth grade but also somewhat in the earlier grades i um found that i had quite a bit of homework especially when i got into the tag program which in hindsight probably wasn't the best choice but anyway I found that I had like one to two hours of homework per night, which is a lot for a fourth grader. And I just got really overwhelmed and it really took a toll on my mental health. And so I really do agree with your homework policies that way. Like you're like the 10 minute rule is just like, it's not really a thing that's scientifically backed up. And so I really appreciated that. I feel like people always kind of overestimate the benefits of homework when a lot of the time I find that I work better, like in a group of people. And that the fact is that everyone's different. So being able to adapt to that in a classroom setting just seems like so much easier.
1: Mm -hmm. So you're saying that in a classroom, you can adapt better with all the different personalities, but everybody has a different home life and everybody has a different personality and a different set of parents and homework um, sort of exaggerates those differences.
2: And, you know, I can't focus, and but I've got parents who will be there with me and be like, nope, get back on track. But if I didn't have that, I don't know where I'd be. And so I feel like, you know, if other people struggle like I do and don't have quite the same support system, even if their parents love them, they could be working. I mean, it takes a lot of time. So mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know if I would get my homework done and my grades would suffer because of it. And I don't want people to fail who are good and people who are trying and they're smart but just because this homework thing it's really letting them down.
0: Mm -hmm. Chloe you've mentioned homework and focusing twice focusing came up twice where you're talking about homework that you can't focus can you focus on things that like interest you and you care about?
2: so somewhat so okay. a lot of the time when i'm in a book i'll like get in the zone uh-huh. but a lot of the time even when i do care about something like it'll be hard like i was kind of figuring out how i should answer these questions beforehand i was looking over i'm like okay i don't have like a list or anything but i had like a general idea and i was trying to look over them but even then i was like oh hey look a bird wait
0: <laughs> back to you what kind of bird <laughs>
2: Um, oh, well, it was actually my chickens. They are lovely.
0: Oh my gosh. Let's talk about chickens for half an hour. What kind of chickens do you have? I have, are they, are they laying chickens or eating
2: chickens? Oh, they are laying chickens. They are pets. They watch Mm. movies with us.
1: (laughs) Do they play Monopoly with you too?
2: (laughs) Well, we've tried, but chickens don't really have a sense of trade. Heather, Heather,
0: Heather, Heather eats her chickens.
1: Well, we had laying check-ins for a number of years, but when they got very, very old and weren't laying so much, and another Michigan winter was coming, we felt so sorry for them. So we decided to make some really good soup.
0: Heather, oh. tell Chloe what their names were.
1: Their names were Soup, Protein. Well, we, we changed around, but those were the two main ones, Protein and Gumbo and Soup.
2: Oh. <laughs> Mine are named after Greek
1: goddesses.
2: We have Artemis, Aphrodite, <laughs> Hera, and Demeter. Would They're not eat a
1: goddess, just for the record. <laughs> they love popcorn. So, um, back to children instead of chickens for a minute. I was wondering if you think uh, some things that grownups tend to forget when they think about kids and what kids need or what kids like. Um, because, you know, parents spend a lot of their time trying to help out their kids and doing what's best for their kids. But what do you think grownups sometimes just forget?
2: So I guess coming back to the thing where it was like um, we can't all be friends and also at the end of the day, really, I think the most important thing, it's not like having the perfect nutritious snack or getting all my homework done in one night. It's just feeling like I am loved and that at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. Mm -hmm. And so I guess some people sort of miss that as like, like they love their children, but they sort of focus on other things like kind of making a nutritious snack or making a puzzle or doing X or doing Y, you know? And so I feel like at the end of the day, I feel like it's most important to have just a great support system.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. And, you know, often I'm, I'm talking to parents and teachers about accepting your children's feelings, because a lot of times the, the parents say, well, all I want is for my child to be happy. And I say, happy is easy, you know, we don't really need a lot of help to be happy, but it's when we're feeling down, when we're feeling sad or angry or, or scared or just upset in some way, that's when that support system is really helpful to kick in. Yeah. So um, I think sometimes, I think sometimes grownups forget that kids have all these feelings too. And sometimes the grownups feel like, well, we're the only ones that are big enough to have these big, important, deep and dark feelings. But I remember having some really big, uh, big and and difficult feelings when I was very young, like two and three and four and Mm -hmm. older than that.
2: Yeah, that's kind of what I come back to. Like in the behavior, the well-behaved child book, what the kids, it seemed like they really needed, like they were kind of acting out or talking back, getting bad grades. And what it seemed like they kind of needed was just like some support and love. I mean, I'm no parent and you should do your own thing, but he did leave his kids out in the snow. like a long period of time (laughs) and it wasn't even his kid it was an exchange student (laughs) that seems like not chill and not cool i mean
1: especially if the exchange student came from a, a tropical country
2: yeah i mean really he was like you don't make the bus i'll come pick you up at seven bye it was like and it wasn't like he was working and he couldn't pick him up any otherwise it was like you must be punished Mm-hmm. Which I don't know was kind of scary to me. I was like, geez, man!" Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think in the it's okay books, uh, it's not really all about. It's not about punishment. It's about relationships. So oh,
2: look, it's my brother Owen. What do you need? Yes, I will be up soon, probably maybe, but you guys can start.
0: Hey, Owen. I'll
2: Hi, Owen, say hi. Nope, he's gone.
1: <laughs> oh, Owen. hi, hi Owen. There you
2: go. Cameo. Anyway, sorry about that. That's Make nice. sure you close the door.
1: Um, Chloe, Since not every kid who is 13 or back when you first picked up the It's Okay books um, when you were 10 would pick them up, be interested and read them or read parts of them. I'm curious about what kind of things you are interested in and thoughts about whether, you know, what you might like to be someday. I wouldn't ask that of most children, because when I was asked, I said things like, um, I want to be a lion tamer just to get them out of my hair. But I also didn't read uh, parenting books. So I'm curious if you have any particular interest in these or really you were just bored looking around the house.
2: Well, actually it started like that, but I have kind of grown an interest in child psychology. And um, ironically enough, I'm like on several mailing lists for like parenting websites. Like I read Scary Mommy on a daily basis and I've got like the whole list. you know, just because I think it's fun. I'm not like obsessed, but like it's pretty good. Um, I kind of see those traits even because I am still a kid. I sort of see some things in my friends. Um, and I just sort of I feel like it's given me a better understanding of my peers. If that makes sense. Um,
1: yeah. That might help you navigate your teenage years. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's it's better. It's good um and also you strike me
1: entertaining like yes
2: one girl was like you shouldn't use plastic we should use plastic straws because my son gets hurt when he doesn't use plastic straws because he bit his lip a little bit one time and now I'm afraid so screw the turtles let's use plastic straws and I was like whoa man turtles are great it was not chill I say chill a lot I'm kind of going do you ever go through like word phases I thought I was the only one who does that like you learn a new word and then you'll use the word like way too much. And then
1: absolutely people do that all the time.
2: Yeah. I've just kind of become aware of it.
1: Not hey, Chloe, I got
0: to recommend a book for you. You got to read. I think, I think Heather mentions it in her book. mentions him in her books. You need to read the book free to learn by Dr. Peter Gray.
2: Okay. I will re- put read, it on my list. Re- read
0: that book and then, uh, and then report back to us. And we'll, we'll see what cause I want, I want to know what you think about that book.
2: Ten four.
0: <laughs> you come on a podcast, you get a homework assignment. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> well, yeah. in my mind, there's a big difference between homework assignments and things that you are interested in doing for the for the passion of it, for the interest in it. So, um, I would put this in the passion category. If you find this an intriguing thing, go for it. And if you don't, go do something else, like go play with your goddess chickens. <laughs> but. Chloe, it strikes me as if you are a people person and that's maybe part of what is really interesting to you about the It's Okay books because they take a different uh, style of looking at people including kid people and grown up people.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I never answered your question about what I wanna be. I suppose I'll do that now. Um, Well, I'm not quite sure, which obviously makes sense. You've got time. I do um i'm a bit anxious so i used to uh aspire to jobs that would be very secure you know like uh my main goal of course is to have a house um that's like i was very worried for a while that i would be like on the streets and then i'd die of cold and the chickens would also die and so yes i i'm a very worried person overall but Um, so I've sort of tried to let go of that a bit more. Um, I guess a job that I would really enjoy, I think would be like, maybe like a hotel inspector or like a blogger, you know, because getting paid to stay in a hotel is really great and it's rather frivolous, but, um, I do enjoy it. Um, (laughs) although honestly, I'm not really a big fan of traveling, so there's much to be said there.
1: There's a lot of hotels right in our hometown. You wouldn't Mm -hmm. have to go anywhere.
2: Yes. See, many thoughts. Um, But I've also, you know, there's like veterinary school. And I'm pretty sure I don't want to be a tax lawyer because that just kind of sounds boring. Or an accountant. I don't think I'll do much with math. Or an astronaut. I don't really want to be that either.
0: If you don't want to travel, that'd be a a lot of travel involved in being an astronaut.
2: I would like to go to space, though. Um, <laughs> I joked with my dad earlier that I don't want to do anything, so I'd become a trophy wife. but, um, he doesn't think that's as funny as I do <sighs> so you know, well, there's a lot of possibilities
1: out there
0: for you there
2: are there are many
0: in in your lifetime, there will be hotels in space, so I mean. That's Do it an opportunity. All. It'll be kind of uh, uh, hotels for chickens in outer space. That'll be a... Oh, my
2: goodness. That'll be a I thing can create my own sometimes. brand.
0: Yeah, there you go. Hey, Chloe, I, we're going to have to wrap up pretty soon, but I'm, I'm wondering um, when all the the hip cats, the, the hip uh, and cool 13 year olds in Michigan who listen to this show on a regular basis, when they hear you on this show, you're going to, you're going to become like locally famous. Uh, oh. How are you going to, how are you going to deal with that? I mean, how am
2: I going to deal with the fame could, that comes from be being on a parenting of,
0: podcast? Yeah. There could be ones of people that you know, who would listen to, th- I mean, I'm assuming your ones. mom's going to listen. Um, <laughs> so there could be ones of people you, you know, who's going, who's who are going to listen to this. How are you going to handle the fame?
2: Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is very clearly it's meant for my demographic, you know. Mm-hmm. And I am just like there. I'm, yeah. you know, I'll see you when I get to the top.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm just uh, just keep it under control. Don't go. Look out for go, me on
2: magazines. Yeah. Don't go um, too wild. I'll try to stay a good girl, but you know, I could be, you know,
1: gone with the fame of child stardom.
0: Yeah, it happens to people.
1: <sighs> It'll be hard. <sighs> Give, give me a call if you need to come down off your cloud uh, of fame.
0: It'll be all Heather's fault.
2: <laughs> look out for me on the cover of Vogue next month.
0: Of <laughs> Podcast Digest.
2: Yes. Styling these gorgeously chunky headphones that I borrowed from my little brother.
0: Those look oh, like wait. gamer headphones.
1: They are. They He's are. has been using them for school, though. <laughs> right. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and um and for reading the It's Okay books because sometimes I think this might even get some people who have a copy on their bookshelf and haven't picked it up in a while. Say if Chloe can find this much insight and inspiration in these books and name her chickens goddess names, <laughs> then I think you know anybody who hasn't picked it up for a while can gain a lot too. So thank yeah. you so much and for being here. I don't even shelf. have kids. So, <laughs> you know, there is that.
2: <laughs>
0: You, you can try out strategies uh, from the books on the chickens.
2: Oh, yes. You know, there's very uh, like the chickens will love to write down that they would like some mealworms tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And although I can't do it right now, they will remind me.
0: Yeah. Chickens don't like to share either. I mean, you get a you get a good meal like a mealworm. And they'll be fighting over it. So you got to wait. Yes. Yeah. It's lots of lots You'd of to carry be over. Surprised.
2: There. The pecking order is not a myth. Oh, it is not a myth and they're not all friends in the chicken coop. They are not. Oh gosh, Schmier is mean. All right.
0: And on those wise words, this has been Renegade Rules. We'll be back soon with another episode.
2: Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, bye. You have such an official podcast voice.
0: Um, yeah, well, I practiced it for years. Like,
2: this has been Renegade Rules. That's right. See us next time, next week.
0: Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Schumacher. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh... Hey, we need your support to keep the podcasts flowing. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash support to learn how. One of the big things you can do is shop Amazon with the link we provide. You buy your cat food, you buy your kids' books, you buy whatever it is you buy on Amazon. You pay the regular price. We get a small percentage of it. Everybody wins. A lot of people are doing it. It really supports the shows, and we really appreciate it. Give it a try. Thanks.